My name is Adam, and alternate universes exist. Along with my friend Joe, we have been given a task to use a magic window to gaze into these alternate universes and cast judgment upon them. To do that, we must become something else. We are the Monitors. Oh boy. <laughs> Makes us sound official. Yeah, it's like we're actually on the CW. Yeah. <laughs> Now we just need to get like all the the other Arrow and Flash and Legends and Supergirl characters on, and they can uh, record some intros for us. Yeah, calling us idiots. Yeah, <laughs> who are these boneheads looking yeah. in, watching us? Are you watching me on the toilet? <laughs> <laughs> Probably like half the time. I'm just on my phone, you know, watching some Arrow. It's like no, we only watch the highlights. It's like we <laughs> we don't see Mick Rory just drinking beer like twelve hours a day. So we uh, came back from. Well, we were on last week. We talked about, previewed what was coming up, but yeah, the shows the, came back from a long break. Exactly, yeah. And I think the only show that really had a preview come out was uh, was Arrow. They had like a little sizzle reel that came out for the last uh, couple episodes of the season. But nobody else really, like Flash and Supergirl, uh, didn't didn't put anything else out to get us all, all hyped up for the end of the season. Yeah, the only real tease I've seen from Supergirl was um, Superman coming back for the finale. Right. So we are the DC Monitors. We're live right now on strangelabel.com. You can join us in the chat. And also check out our website to download all our episodes, thedcmonitors.wordpress.com. Follow us on Twitter at the DC Monitors and search us out on Facebook. Yeah, and let us know if we're uh, way off base on some of our dumb opinions yeah. on the show. Because uh, sometimes I just get like these terrible reactions <laughs> to like Supergirl or, or something that happens on Flash. Uh, maybe I'm in the minority. Maybe people... I was going to say, maybe you really love it, <laughs> but uh, I'm not trying to lead with hate. I just, uh, uh, I do, I do enjoy the shows. Otherwise I wouldn't watch them, but uh, you it, know. It would be nice to hear opinions from like someone who absolutely loves Supergirl. Yeah. Cause uh, Supergirl is probably like at the bottom of my list, but uh, I granted I'm, I'm not probably in the target audience for it. It seems like it's a sort of teenage girls. Maybe it might be the, uh, but I mean, that's kind of questionable because the target audience of superheroes is like is that ner- nerdy males. Yeah, maybe. So I guess they're just trying to expand the nerdy male demographic into teenage <laughs> girls. I don't know. It's just some of the characters on Supergirl I'm not uh, totally behind. But I mean, that's true of a couple of the other shows. Um, I just probably rag on Supergirl a little bit more than, than others. So I, uh, I teased on a little Facebook post this week that uh, will Kara's I mean, the, the little preview was Kara, she didn't have much to do with Supergirl, so she's going to uh, go start reporting on things again for her little blog. <laughs> I hated the name of the episode that was called Ace Reporter. <laughs> like, oh, this means that like, they're going to try to shoehorn Kara into being like a, uh, a, uh, an ace reporter. And uh, sure enough, it was, uh, I mean, she's, she's been a reporter all of like three months. Like, she can't yeah. really be an ace reporter. She didn't study journalism at all. No. It's just like she she wandered into Kat's office one day and Kat pulled out an envelope that said reporter. <laughs> and she was just like, wow, that, that's that's for me. I'm going to be a reporter, just like my clo- cousin they, Clark. Have they mentioned, has she even gone to college? No, I don't. Well, she might have gone to car- college, but it's clearly it was not for journalism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so in my little tease on Facebook, I said, uh, how will how will her irresponsible irresponsible journalism save the day this week? <laughs> that's pretty much what happened. <laughs> I like how the episode started out where uh, she meets up with Lena, Lena Luther. Lena asked her to go to the press conference. Yeah. 
And she's just like, oh, this guy is my kryptonite. I just swoon for him. I, that was such a cheesy line. And she's like, what's your kryptonite, Kara? And then she just kind of like winks at the camera. <laughs> I I just blurted out when she said that. I was just like, ethical journalism. <laughs> I was so on Snapper's side this entire episode. Like the second they go to that press conference and then she sits down. And of course, it's next to Snapper. I mean, granted, I was like, why is Snapper here? He's the editor-in-chief of the thing. He's not like the ace reporter of of you know catco magazine so uh but it was it was nice to hear him just call out all of her faults <laughs> i mean that sounds bad but i mean she i don't think she's aware of them like she clearly left uh like a very good job for her like if she wanted to be a reporter she's under a guy who's teaching her ethical journalism and yeah. she gave it up um just because she's you know some self-righteous a lot of the time she had to get the word out about the uh cadmus going after the aliens yeah and even <laughs> she did it in cardanvers.com um so like, that, like every- everyone's flocking to <laughs> yeah exactly every- everyone heard about it and like seems like she's always been complaining like these past couple episodes about how she's been unemployed but like you're not following up with more articles on cardanvers.com for your big audience yeah that's she doesn't like blog every day that was oh. like her one article two months ago <laughs> i do love snapper car though i think ian gomez does a great job yeah i think he's great honestly he's uh he's one of my favorite characters on supergirl which is too bad like they can't have him sort of in the deo or wherever the action and stuff is because he's you know just in that little sphere of of car's world but uh it'd be cool if he could um sort of expand his role a bit remember remember that one scene where um kara goes into uh jimmy olsen's office to try to get get him help with getting the word out about um well i'm getting a little ahead myself here so the episode this guy that they go to the press conference, he pretty much invents Borg nanoprobes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And turns himself into like a, a weird, uh, well, no, he kind of reminded me of, of uh, the Arrow episode that had like Brie Larson where she had like all the bees that like formed into a man. Was that Arrow or the Flash? That was, well, I think it was both, right? Because she showed up in Arrow and like took over um, the, she wanted like Felicity's implant after she could start walking again. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So she, yeah, she was first on Flash and then yeah. she was on Arrow. Yeah, yeah, that was exactly like like he had little bees type things that fly around in a swarm. Uh, yeah, and like they were using them to like do little microsurgery and heal diseases. They could go into your body and heal stuff. But apparently, the sinister plot was that they could also be used to mind control people. Yeah, and uh, that's not uh, really presented right away. It's like a, the the press conference was to show off this cool technology and and the. The person in charge of, uh, I forget the name of the company. Do you know? Um, oh, God, I forgot his name. But it's it's the, the guy from, Robbie from iZombie. Like, uh, I love him on iZombie, and he comes up uh, on this episode, and he's got a past with Lena. Um, are you looking it up? Yeah, I'm Googling Supergirl Lena boyfriend. Jack Sphere from Jack Sp- Sphere. Spherical Enterprises. Yeah. I don't know why I forgot that. Uh as she has this uh this pre-existing relationship with him and she can't she doesn't seem to trust herself around him uh and even in this episode she begins to fall <laughs> for him again do you like how he announces the the nanoprobes and then like he cuts his hand and the heal up is cut and then everyone has all these questions the only one who gets a question is kara <laughs> yeah he points to her immediately she's like sitting right behind snapper 
uh and she's like totally prepared she just wanted to show up snapper she's like i don't really have a question and then snapper just like interrupts is like hey snapper car for a real newspaper not dumb blog <laughs> <laughs> but then she asks a question and it's completely irrelevant yeah it makes a difference it's uh she asked about it's a softball question like interstate commerce and <laughs> fda compliance yeah. and it's, like, it's like i saw you develop this in another state will you be following the government <laughs> guidelines for moving it to a new state and he's like great question Kara. yes we follow all government regulations <laughs> and then after that he sees her he's like you really grilled me out there <laughs> <laughs> yeah what a hard-hitting question <laughs> And when he just invented this miracle technology. Like, she had never heard of it. Like, we just invited her on the spot, and she had no idea what was going on. Like, did she only go into reporter mode because she saw Snapper? Or, because she was just supposed to be there as Lena's friend, right? Oh, yeah. She, just, she totally just, just wanted to show up Snapper. Yeah. And I like that little exchange they have where he's like, only people born before 1980 read your magazine. <laughs> he's like, you clickbait millennials. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... Then this just random guy shows up at the little mixer after the press conference and goes up to Kara and says, I have to tell you something. You're, you're the only one I can trust. And he's got a hot tip about the company. You're the only one I can trust from that blog that I read two months ago about the aliens. You, war- you warned the aliens about Cadmus. Yeah. I mean, he's the only one that can be trusted, yet somehow uh, Snapper gets the same tip and he's following it independently. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is funny because uh, the the first guy gets killed. He he, you know, shows up in his car. And he goes to tell Kara the whole story, and the uh, the Borg nanoprobes show up and blow up the car. But you know, obviously Kara's fine. Like she's Supergirl. Yes. Um, but the, 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 like you said, exactly the same thing happens. Like a couple minutes later with Snapper, like the another informant independently goes to him and just like, hey, I've got some news about this, and is trying to be is blown up uh, himself. Well, not Snapper. Snapper's fine, but the uh, the other informant's blown up. So these tips that they're laying to the reporters, these people were like hired as test subjects for the the technology, but then never heard back after, and now they're being killed. So this was a jump in logic for me. Maybe you can explain it. But why would Spherical Industries hire these test subjects if they intended to just fake the results? <laughs> uh, I mean, I didn't I didn't really get it either. <laughs> why even bother hiring people i just thought it was funny because in between and then the, kill them after the announcement in between the two scenes was that scene in jimmy olsen's office where she's trying to convince him to to warn people um and then she the snapper runs into them and gives her a lecture about ethical journalism um to which she totally dismisses and then walks out and then as soon as she's out the door she uses her superpowers to eavesdrop on the meeting to learn <laughs> that he's got a hot tip and that he's <laughs> got to go explore it um, and then she follows him as Supergirl to get his information, like using her super abilities. Um, so for her own blog, at this point, she's still <laughs> doing it for her own blog, not being an ethical journalist. Um, and then saves the day when uh, when they blow up. Um, well, to be fair, too, yeah. I think that was after her informant was already killed. So she probably wanted to watch out for Snapper, too, so we didn't get killed. Oh, yeah, but it's just like a double benefit <laughs> for her, you know, like, oh, I also get his information. Uh, but what I was going to say before about that scene where Snapper goes into Jimmy Olsen's office, I don't think Jimmy Olsen, like, I picture Jimmy Olsen at the office all day. I picture him just sitting at his desk, like, playing with his pencil, like, <laughs> trying to build, like, a house of pencils or something. It doesn't really <laughs> seem like he's doing much. Like, anytime somebody goes in there, he's just like, hey, I, I, can't, I don't even have control of Snapper Carr or Carr who doesn't work for me. He's just, like, daydreaming about being Guardian. But, 
It's like a point could be guardian during the day too. Like I picture Homer Simpson at work, just like playing with his with his compass and markers. <laughs> like, someone mean, comes, he's like, "Oh, something to do." I'm sure the position without Cat is as more of a figurehead than than anything. She was making a lot of tough decisions. I don't think she expected anybody to make them with quite the same uh, level of ability that she had. So, so eventually, uh, they break into Spherical Industries to find out. They watch this video that. There were never any test subjects and that Jack Sphere just injected himself with the nanoborgs and he's uh, being mind controlled by the CFO. Well, they don't know that. They, they do see the videos where he injects himself the, the probes. Oh, yeah. So, um, and he, he does appear to have abilities like he can turn into that swarm of, of nanoprobes that, that was killing people. Yeah. So they know he's the one killing people. Yeah. So, uh, of course, uh, Carr goes to warn lena about it and lena says like oh thank you for the warning i'll take care of it and she's like don't don't confront him he'll kill you and then sure enough um you know they go to dinner uh later on and car tries to confront him for lena and uh that's when things start to fall apart that's when later they they go back to their hideout and we find out it was that uh, the chief financial officer of the company because she didn't want to lose the money she had invested she looked really familiar. Do you know who the actress was or like where she was from? Like, was she in another like DC property or one of the movies or something? Um, I can Google it real quick, but I didn't immediately recognize her. Uh, she looked really familiar to me. I know in the show, her name was Beth Breen. For some reason, I thought that she was, um, in Man of Steel, but I don't, uh, Claudia Dumit. Yeah. Does it say like if she's been another, she just looked really familiar. I don't, mm. I didn't know. Supergirl. No, I don't think she's been in another one. Oh, all right. But silly, uh, silly me. So her plan, I had a problem with. So she's she goes off on this villain monologue about how <laughs> she's gonna get the the nanoborgs into the army, into every company, into all these people. Yeah, and she lectures lectures Lena about it, and uh, and isn't it great to like control a man or something like that? Oh yeah, yeah. that was she goes uh. <laughs> Behind no, she, uh, Beth Breen says behind every man is a great woman. Yeah, and then Lena goes, I don't know, I've never stood behind a man. And she's like, Well, what do you call what you're doing now for Lex? Yeah, she just goes, Your brother. Yeah, and Lena's just like, Josh got me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're right, I didn't think about that. <laughs> so I, I, she's gonna mind mind control. All, she expected to control everyone without anyone finding out. Like. <laughs> She was going to mind control the whole population of Earth on her own. I guess. Like, it didn't, that part didn't really make much sense. It's just like one little earpiece. Let her mind control everybody. And, like, nobody would notice people are being mind controlled, like, after 20 people get affected. I did like that the, uh, apparently she wasn't, the Supergirl wasn't strong enough to survive a nanoprobe attack because yeah. she's, like, strung up on a wall, like, she, oh, they've got me. <laughs> she couldn't break free from those tiny robots? Yeah, like, didn't she use her super breath or something before to stop them? Like, she couldn't, like, just breathe on them again or use her heat vision? Uh, or... I thought the same thing. She's, like, being crucified by them. She could have just, why don't yeah. she just start smashing? Like, <laughs> Superman lifts up whole continents and stuff. She can't, like, move her arms because the nanoprobes have pinned them down. Um, I don't know. It just seemed weird that she was a little weak, but I know that they were trying to use Lena to save the day and save Supergirl this time, um, even though it didn't make much sense. Lena Luther was, she was really heartbroken that her true love she was getting back together with was pretty much killed now because 
Yeah, she had a choice of either killing him um, to stop the nanoprobes from killing Supergirl or um, just letting the nanoprobes kill Supergirl and then he'd be okay. And she was just he was just like, kill me. And then she killed him. <laughs> but after that, Kara, Kara gives Lena a big hug and says, I'll always be your friend. Oh, my God. <laughs> Until you, until you do something yeah. evil, in which case you will not be my friend anymore. You think that's pretty much setting up for some big heartbreak? Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously. It, um, it's like as soon as she does something evil, she'll be like, but you said you were my friend. It's like, well, I'm not going to help you be evil. <laughs> you know what's going to happen is like Supergirl is going to see her do something evil, and then she's going to go to Kara, and then Kara's going to pretend like she doesn't know that she's doing something evil. So when, then the very last scene, uh, we see mon mother, Rhea. Yeah, she's uh, turned into a, uh, what, what did she say, like a security chief or something like that? Or some sort of businesswoman at the end. She gives her name. Like, she's like, I'm Rhea from something. I, uh, like, for one second when she walked in, like, I just legitimately thought it was Lois Lane. Like, I flashed back to <laughs> the new adventures of Superman. Yeah, they did give her, like, some sort of weird power haircut and a pantsuit, so... um. What did you think this episode, the the sort of B story was uh, Guardian working with um, uh, Wynn and Wynn's girlfriend. Lyra. Lyra, yeah. And the way that Lyra sort of Yoko Ono'd everything and inserted herself into uh, their situation. I like that. I thought it was pretty funny. Like the little moments of her not understanding. The way that like she was going to like tear apart that kid that had like robbed a convenience store. Yeah, it's just like a, a petty burglary, and she's getting ready to like completely execute them for it, and he has to correct her. I mean, it, it sounds pretty bad saying it like that, but it was funnier in the show. Yeah. And then oh. when she said, uh, later on, they're like, uh, there's a cat up a tree that we have to rescue. She's like, oh, I love cat. I'm hungry. Well, I, well, I thought it was funny when they, they confronted her in the bar about it, and then she sort of broke up with him a bit, and then... Jimmy had to come back to him later. Uh, Just lost her mind. Yeah, because I'm like, oh, so they're going with she's insane now? Like, this is her true self when she's not being a spy is that she's insane? Uh, is this how they're getting rid of her? Uh, I was actually okay with it if they were going to get rid of her because uh, her character's weird. Um, but they, uh, uh, Jimmy brings her back at the end and gives a whole speech about how they're brothers and best friends. And I thought, isn't this a little, aren't you moving a little fast, this relationship? <laughs> She is kind of weird. She goes from like hypersexual to evil, but she loves her brother, and now she's just like crazy. Yeah, <laughs> like her characterizations all over the place. Like she wants to be good, but she'll just lose it at the drop of a hat. Yeah, she even says like, oh, "I'll be mostly good." Anything else about Supergirl? Uh, I did the one other thing that I really liked about Supergirl was how she basically apologized to snapper because uh I, I felt like she didn't really in the episode after she got fired and the the last couple she hasn't really acknowledged that she was wrong in the situation um she just took that took it for granted that she was always right and i felt like it was nice for even though she couldn't make eye contact with him and it was like <laughs> pulling teeth to get the apology out of herself um it was nice that she finally acknowledged that you know if i'm going to be an ethical journalist i do have to follow the rules do you think she was apologizing because she knew she was wrong or do you think she just wanted her job back uh well she didn't beg for a job back she just sort of apologized and gave him all of her info um so that he could write the story um and then he shared the byline with her for some reason but well he did use her information we did find out that she is a terrible cook even after <laughs> all this time of baking 
while she's been oh, yeah. out of work. She sets a timer, yeah. and then the timer goes off, but there's smoke coming out of the <laughs> oven. I'm like, <laughs> so did you just set the wrong temperature? Like, what's going on? It's not that hard uh, to cook. Yeah. All right, so this week's Flash. Uh, we travel to 2024. Yeah, the once and future Flash. Uh, what did you think of this episode? Um, I, I obviously have a bunch of thoughts on I the was, Flash. My initial thought, I was disappointed because I really thought we were, they were going to be done and just reveal who Savitar was with this one. So you were going into this episode assuming like, oh, he's just going to go to the future. Like in the first five minutes when he gets to the future, they're just going to be like, oh, here's Savitar. Well, I knew they'd drag it out like through the episode, but I thought they wouldn't drag it out another episode because apparently we're going to find out next week. This is the 19th episode of like 22. <laughs> and we still don't know who the villain is and they're still spending all this time like dragging out who uh savitar is instead of like savitar has presented no credible threat to the city it's just to barry and the team and to iris um kind of like well prometheus was killing people around the city at least but. he was yeah but <laughs> savitar like he's been loose now they've let him out a couple episodes ago and it's not like he's been terrorizing central city he's just hanging out <laughs> doing nothing it was kind of uh weird because the last episode was what four weeks ago yeah and this one picks up right where the last episode left off yeah where so it's like the other shows they had been like sitting around for weeks yeah well this one i thought was weird so they left on that huge cliffhanger that caitlin turns into killer frost and they come back and it's just like barry and iris home in the apartment and barry just circled 2024 in his notebook <laughs> for no reason like he wrote it a bunch the, of random <laughs> equations yeah he wrote it in the middle of nowhere just wrote 2024 and then circled it hey these equations don't make any sense but remember how my newspaper didn't mention savitar that must mean i've already defeated him <laughs> so i'll just go to 2024 um and then barry uh, or rather iris makes a promise makes barry promise that regardless of what happens he will take care of joe um because she's worried that uh, Joe will fall apart. I like um I was thinking at the beginning when Killer Frost is attacking like Julian and yeah. and Cisco and HR, she could just like lower the air temperature in the room to like absolute zero and <laughs> yeah. they all just die. She didn't have to like shoot out all the windows and smash all the equipment. <laughs> what do you mean? It looks so cooler. It's so much cooler that way. Yeah. <laughs> if she's just standing there like whistling in the room, just getting colder. And like, everyone just freezes, uh, like yeah. the like the air comes to stop. Um, <laughs> I did like how they run and hide in the in the pipeline, and HR has to grab his drumstick. Like, what's the deal? I didn't ever, like. I know he always carries the drumsticks, but is that like the thing now? I don't know. I always assumed that he was using it as like a Harry Potter wand, um, and like he he always has it in his hand. And he's like twirling it around. Uh, they made a real point of it in this episode. Yeah, I thought it was real funny though. Like when he he get they they hide in the pipeline, and I'm like, this is the dumbest place. Like my first thought when they hide in there is that they've locked out the controls from the sides. She can't just open them again. But no, like three seconds later, she walks over and just opens the controls from the outside. And I'm like, oh, this is the dumbest hiding spot. Like, why would you hide here? And then, um, so Barry comes to save them. Yeah. Throws her against the wall. And then, like, looks away to, like, make sure they're okay. And she leaves. And then he's like, I searched the whole building. She's gone. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was so weird. Like she freezes the wall so he can't get past it, but then he phases through like three seconds later and can't find her. She's just missing. Yeah, like in that time she could have made it to the end of the hall. Uh, yeah, like it, it just didn't make any sense. Like she, it's not like she can phase through walls. Like she has to actually walk everywhere. 
Um, and she didn't leave any damage behind, so she clearly just ran out the door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, he runs out the door, and you just see the door close behind. It's not like she blew it off in her escape. <laughs> All right, so that's when he... She escapes, and they, he decides, that's it. I'm going to the future. Yeah. I thought this was a, such a dumb move by him. Like, he's not even worried that, like, Killer Frost is out. Like, she's the closest she's going to be to um, Star Labs. Like, she's clearly in a small radius that he could run around and find her. And instead, he just focuses on Iris again and and tries to go to the future. Everyone's just like, yeah, but Caitlin just left. We need to go find her before she starts terrorizing the city. No, no, no. It's very important that I go to the future right now. We need to find out who Savitar is, even though it's clearly still winter, and we have three or four months until he kills Iris. Well, he's like, I'll be back before before I've even been gone. And then it's... It's true. The whole episode happens and he comes back to that exact moment. I know. It's just, it's dumb that like he can't go out and stop Caitlyn first. Like he needs to leave this second uh, to find, just to get Savitar's uh, identity. He's not really even going for anything else. He just wants to find out Savitar's identity. I like how before she escaped, Julian's like trying to convince her. He's like, put your necklace back on. It's like, we know you can fight it. It's like, I don't want <laughs> to fight, fight it. it. Yeah. It's like, but, but that time you took it off so you could, uh, you know, make it snow on Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I won't. I won't turn into her. And she's like, "Oh, you should make this out of carbonite or something, so that it doesn't explode." All right, so he travels to 2024, meets up with the top and uh, the Mirror Master. Mirror Master. I thought it was funny that his first stop after he escapes out of uh, the top and Mirror Master is uh, to his old loft, like, um, <laughs> and it's just destroyed. So even. If Iris dies, um, I would assume that either he moves out of the loft, like he sells it if he bought it. If he's just renting, he just moves out. <laughs> and some other couple or somebody would move in. Somebody would purchase it, not just like leave it <laughs> abandoned. But like, sure enough, like it goes inside and it's just like blown out like a, an explosion had gone off. And there's like the, the photo album they were looking at earlier is just on the floor and he pulls out the photo of the two of them. He's still been paying rent on it for seven years. <laughs> yeah, even though he's not in it. Uh, and the landlord hasn't rented it out in the meantime. No. <laughs> um, but that's where he meets up with future Cisco. Future Cisco just walks out of the shadows. I guess he, maybe he was living there. Maybe that's why it's still the way it is. I guess is uh, the girl who plays the top. Is that Felicity's uh, Emily Bet Rickard's sister? Is it? I think so. I saw the name Rickard in the. Oh, I didn't know that. If it is, yeah, the name Rickard came up in the uh, the credits. I'll Google the top. Actually, that's kind of a generic search. Anyway, I don't know. I'm pretty I've, sure it was her sister. Uh, <laughs> so Barry tries to go through and figure out what happened to the team because clearly uh, none of them seem to be around. He finds Cisco, and Cisco brings him to Star Labs and starts explaining where everybody's been. And the first and foremost thing that Barry wants to know is where's future me. <laughs> and uh, we go into like a dead Star Labs. It's all quiet, and we find out that Barry's pushed everyone away. Um, and then he did oh. the one thing he promised. Yeah, before he left, he wasn't there for for Joe. For Joe, yeah. And you just see like there's emo Barry wearing one of Oliver's wigs, <laughs> just like hanging out. <laughs> that is, that was the wig from uh, the fl- the Russia flashback in Arrow, isn't it? Yeah, that's what it looked like. It's just like, oh, we have Stephen Abel's wig over here. Just throw it on you. I didn't notice that till you mentioned it. Yeah, I mean, it just looked like one of Oliver's wigs. Like, um, 
He's just uh, hanging out, moping around Star Labs for some reason with the lights off, <laughs> like not even on. Um, everything's trashed. Everything's trashed. And Cisco's like, I shouldn't even be here. Um, and basically Barry's just being all emo. Future Barry's being all emo and telling him, you know, like, there's nothing for you here. I don't know who Savitar is. Just go spend time with Iris and get out of here. I don't know. I just felt like this whole episode was a feature of uh, like a huge display of Barry's selfishness because. <sighs> so he pretty much becomes Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Like he he leaves Caitlin, you know, as Killer Frost uh, just to go to the future right now. He, uh, you know, basically banishes the whole team away from himself. He ignores Joe, ignores Wally, uh, ignores Cisco, even though Cisco, um, we find out, has lost his hands to Killer Frost. Um, she has that was pretty gruesome yeah frozen his hands away and he's got these robot hands now um and he can't vibe anymore he can't vibe anymore without his hands um so like it just seems like a weird uh episode where we just highlight how selfish barry can be especially about his um about his friends and his feelings did you notice uh Tom Cavanaugh directed this episode and he directed himself as a, like a heartthrob. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was funny when they do um, find uh, HR later in the episode. Uh, I, my first thought was like, oh, how is he out and about? Like, doesn't everybody like, they're not afraid of him. Like he's uh, Harrison Wells, um, you know, the murderer. Yeah, is he still using his disguise? But like his picture was everywhere. Like, so I assume the disguise was off. So like something must have happened in the eight years where he convinced everybody where he wasn't Harrison Wells but just H.R. Wells. Um, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm from Earth 38. Yeah. <laughs> it was just weird. The conversation he has with Future Barry, that he, all the stuff that he tried, did you catch some of that stuff? Like, he'll even create some time remnants, and he'll he'll kill them all. Well, mostly. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I thought that was a weird uh, clue. I did think that, like, as Flash is talking to his future emo self, I'm like, look at him just interfering with himself i'm sure he's making lots of time aberrations yeah the legends are probably going to hear about i mean yeah that was their one thing was like don't interact with yourself at any point in time and um oh no i guess they they do that um you they uh because martin stein had run into his his past self at previous points um i think they're like actual legends so yeah they're actual legends (laughs) you can't run into but it's just it's funny to see like barry um break the rules again with time travel and and uh, interact with his future self. But he gave a couple clues. Like, he doesn't know who Savitar is. He uh, Savitar is uh, trapped in the Speed Force, but it didn't happen until, like, four years after 2017. And he got the help of a physicist to help him, right? Yeah. Uh, God. What was his name? Like, Casey's? I, I forgot her uh, name. I meant to write that down to look it up to see who that was. But, yeah, he, apparently he gives them the, the future tech to take back for the... To, discover out of time yeah i mean that kind of happens at the end of the episode but um barry decides in his own selfish way that he since he's not getting any info from a future barry um that he doesn't know where savitar is he's just like well screw it i'm just gonna go back in time and i'll ignore everybody else and cisco even pleads with him like can't you just help us out there's some villains like we could really use some help with right now because barry future barry is useless He's like, no, 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 I, I got to go back in time now. Like, this was pointless for me to come here. And then <laughs> yeah, he, he should have just been like, you know, if I go back and fix this, none of this will happen. <laughs> yeah, I, I kept waiting for him to say that. But, um, yeah, he tries to run back in time and it doesn't work. And uh, then it's like it's like a video game. Yeah. Like, he, he has to complete a quest before they'll give him what he wants. <laughs> 
it's really true. You have to reunite Team Flash in the future before we'll give you the information you need. So that, they go about the quest after um, Barry can't go back in time, and they learn about Caitlin and and um, Julian and everybody. She knows who Savitar is, but refuses to tell him. Yeah, she's she says that Savitar appeared to her after she became Killer Frost, and so she knows who he is. And Barry goes to see Wally, and Wally's catatonic because he fought Savitar on his own, and uh, possibly even saw who Savitar is. But Savitar like broke his back or something, and he's catatonic now. He just sits in a wheelchair and yeah. gets his diapers changed. Yeah. <laughs> and Barry hasn't talked to Joe in like eight years. And, uh, you know, everything just seems falling apart. Do you think that was what you just said a minute ago? I, I even gathered up time remnants of myself. Yeah. Well, and he killed them all. Well, most of them. Do you think maybe Savitar could be one of those rogue time remnants? I, I did think that after a while. I thought, oh, that's a weird thing to say. Like, he even killed them all. Oh, well, most of them. I was like, that's weird. Why would you include that extra bit of info? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I did think, like, oh, I guess that sort of leads credence to, like, uh, um, Savitar being future Barry. But, um, yeah, I don't so know. So, are you starting to maybe think it's not Wally anymore? No, I mean, Wally is still the front runner to me. Um, I did read somewhere that um, I guess this has happened before in the comics where there's some sort of future Barry that decides to be evil and, like, kill a bunch of his past selves. Um, so people think that might be him and then um the other person that sort of fits all of the clues um wouldn't make any sense it's Abarthon. gave himself powers he um is the future flash <laughs> like all that other stuff um the reason why i still think it's wally <laughs> you just spent a whole season on legends and now he, he's also the yeah it, plus it wouldn't make much sense here like oh we already took care of Thon like in season one like why would he suddenly be no, back i don't know that wouldn't make sense if if it was Thon, he wouldn't bother with the disguise he'd just be yeah the reverse flash that's what i'm saying like he fits all the clues the, the clues that Savitar has thrown out that he's given himself his powers that he knows everybody in the future like he it's just like he all the intimate details he has about the team it's clearly somebody who's on the team or been a part of the team at some point um and so, like, I still think it's Wally uh, because there's been a couple other instances where he, like, where Savitar ran into Jesse Quick and he's just like, oh, Jesse Quick, I have so many plans for you in the future. And You've like, been oh. seeing him, like, catatonic in the future? I think, well, isn't it possible he saw himself and then freaked out about it? Or maybe, like, his, that's just his body and, like, his consciousness is yeah. bound to that Transformer suit? I don't know. So I still think it's clearly somebody on the team. It doesn't make much sense for it to be somebody not on the team anymore. Um and if it was somebody that we'd never met before, like why bother with the Savitar costume and just show us the person at the start of the season, you know? So um, for <laughs> for all the spoilers they put out, like, oh, you're going to be so surprised who it is. And like, I feel like we have a pretty good narrow list of who it's going <laughs> to be and won't be surprised by. So just to wrap up, like what happens in the episode, he, he convinces everyone on Team Flash in the future to reunite. Think about they stop Mirror Master in the top. Well, I, I thought what was funny about that one part is, uh, so Barry, uh, younger Barry uh, from 2017, can uh, decides he's going to help the team. They get the team back together. Uh, and he's like, all right, we're going to go stop the top and Mirror Master. So he runs over to them after they've just committed a robbery. And I was like, well, what's your plan? <laughs> because he clearly had none. He just stood there and then <laughs> let Mirror Master <laughs> and Top just assault him with their powers like he had no plan he was just standing there like oh the buildings are coming down on me now and i'm so dizzy and then they're just scrambling on the inside like in uh in star labs like oh well we can use this device to uh stop their power yeah, but how are we gonna get it over one. there 
this magical device they had lying around. Yeah. And that convinces future Flash to go over and help his younger self and, and save the day. And in doing so... In his uh, cool future suit with uh, brighter red and more gold trimming. Yeah. Did you like the future suit? I, I, I didn't really care that much about it. I mean, it, it looked the same as the one he was wearing, just with like more gold trim on the belt. and Yeah, like a couple other like golden like sort of shoulder, so, shoulder pieces. A little brighter red and the, uh, the little the lightning bolts on the side of his head had white backgrounds. Yeah. Like the emblem did. And the emblem was like twisted more. I mean, I, it wasn't like a huge upgrade or, or that different to me. Um, I, I, I mean, I, you'd think that the emo yeah. Flash would be wearing the darker red. Yeah. Not the brighter red. Well, it's just funny when they call him out, like the when he first goes to the future and he's just like, oh, you're wearing the, the classic Flash costume. Like, oh, you can tell like right away. Like there's... What is it? Throwback uh, Thursday? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I guess the hashtag Throwback <laughs> Thursday is still a thing in 2024. Yeah. I mean, uh, like how we don't know anything about like what the world is like in the future. No. All we know is what's going on with Team Flash. It, well, yeah, and they apparently have not been saving people's lives for like the last eight years. <laughs> um, I did think it was funny that once Future Barry has uh, saved the day, um, how everybody just forgives him for eight years of neglect. And Joe's just like, I don't know who to hug first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, not Future Barry, because he put you through torture for eight years. Uh like our, our friend Anchor Babcock commented that in addition to super speed, he also must have super niceness because everyone just forgives him immediately. I know. What the hell? <laughs> like he, he does such terrible things. And yes, he, in his own way, like they're unintentional. Like, But he literally upended everybody's lives in the entire like Arrow universe. Um, and countless people have died because of it. Like Barry doesn't, you know, seem to get like that level of uh like he's basically the flash's created villain like his own uh he himself is like the the worst villain he's ever fought he can't seem to get out of his own way so that aforementioned scene where um killer frost says she met savitar right after Mm -hmm. we see that scene at the very end of the episode yeah and uh he's like a transformer the way the (laughs) armor comes off you see like some there's a body in the suit and you see like the leg comes out he's all crouched over yeah and a leg comes out and just stomps the ground and for whatever reason that convinces just the sight of this person convinces uh killer frost that she she can trust him she'll do whatever he says yeah so who do you think it is like i saw immediately after that episode aired a lot of people were saying it was ronnie raymond even though it makes no sense for it to be right yeah that was my immediate reaction i'm like based on who who in uh, Caitlin's history that she would immediately be like, I'll do whatever you say. Yeah. Like, it would be Ronnie Raymond. But that wouldn't make any sense at all. Well, I thought, okay, so if we go through her past couple lovers, it's Ronnie Raymond, even though it doesn't make any sense, is number one. Uh, Zoom would number two. But, like, Zoom was last year's Hunter villain. Hunter Zolomon? Yeah. Zoom was I'm, last year's villain, so I don't really think they're going to bring him back for this. And he's the Black Flash. And he's a Black Flash now. Um, and then number three would be Julian, but Julian was there in the future. Uh, granted, they could be playing some sort of weird con where Julian was housing his servant <laughs> in jail. Um, like, but uh, it just seemed Dr. Weird. Alchemy was actually... I mean, they did use the same um, voiceover for Dr. Alchemy and Savitar. Yeah, it was just, it's weird because Julian... Um, they say that he's trapped, that Savitar is trapped in the Speed Force, but we see Julian alive and well in 2024... So how can he really be both Savitar and uh, Julian? Unless it's like a speed remnant, yeah. <laughs> time remnant. So um, 
yeah, I guess that's where we're sort of at. We're left the Ron, wondering. The Ronnie Raymond thing, it's... He was... All people say is just because, like, he's somebody that Caitlin would trust implicitly. And, yeah, I get that, but he's not a speedster. He did disappear in that, like, vortex yeah, over Yeah, he was one half of Firestorm. Um, but, yeah, he's not a speedster. and um, We never did see a body. Like, what? He got, um... Yeah, what was that vortex? Was that Earth... Two setting up or something? No, it was the um. It was basically, like a black hole or something. Yeah, it, it did end up in Earth Two though. Um, they said that it that was the, the gateway to Earth Two. Everything was getting sucked into it before the Flash closed it. With a firestorm's help, which right Martin survived somehow, but Ronnie Raymond didn't. <laughs> I think it's just Robbie Mel didn't want to do another full season of it. <laughs> Ronnie's just like I'm happy to guest star, but like I'm I'm busy trying to be a movie star. Probably it was handy that there's another. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> another person in the comics who becomes Firestorm. All right, anything else on the Flash? No, I mean, I think we, we hit uh, a lot of the big stuff. I mean, uh, it is interesting to see everybody in the future. I'm just curious what lesson does this episode really have because Barry has spent the most of this season trying to say that he can change the future, and no matter what he tries, he doesn't alter the future in an appreciable sense. So what is the game plan about this eight years in the future? Like it's a total mess eight years in the future. So if he saves Iris, then that entire future doesn't exist. Um, and if he doesn't save Iris, he's already resolved that he's not going to be the dick. He was eight years in the future and pushing everybody away. So that makes it seem like you really can change the future in a appreciable amount, but they've spent the entire season saying you can't do that. <laughs> I don't really think there's any lesson. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, th- I, think, I, I don't know that I there's a lesson. He'll, it's just he'll, like... he'll end up saving Iris, but... Or may- maybe he won't end up saving Iris. It'll be like when his dad got killed at the end of season two. Maybe she will die, and he'll go back in time and create some new flashpoint. Oh, my God. Yeah, but that's like every season. <laughs> every season, somebody dies, and he's just like, all right, well, I'm going to go back in time and fix this. I'll go back and save my mom. Uh, yeah. You know what I should do? Save my mom. I think if Iris dies... Screw it. You know what? I will live in Flashpoint. I'm going to go save my mom. What if Iris is Savitar? <laughs> She's got to kill herself so so that she can survive in the future. <laughs> All right. So I'm definitely want to find out next week because this is like the longest they've dragged it out. Like last yeah. last year, uh, they at least Zo- Zoom they revealed like at least five episodes earlier than this. Prometheus was. Yeah. unveiled many episodes before this so. Prometheus came out in like 15 episode 15 and uh, yeah. um, same thing with Zoom at least they like threw out the red herring well it turned out to be the right thing like Hunter Zolomon was earlier in the season when they, he showed her his clone and it was named Hunter Zolomon <laughs> um, I like it I like it when uh, the audience knows the secret and we're waiting for the characters to figure it out <laughs> yeah. it's not as fun when we don't know and we're guessing along with the characters I know it's just like I I guess I can sort of see what they were trying to do is they want to build some mystery and get everybody's fan theories into who uh, Savitar could be. But like they already did that last season with Zoom. Um, so why drag it out to like the last possible episode here? Like and to, what? I, and to an extent, in the first season with Reverse Flash being right, <laughs> um, Harrison Wells. And it's never like the reveal isn't going to be so shocking that we're going to be like. Oh, mind blown. Good job, you know, putting it off all season. Like, well, they really got us there. Like, yeah. I'm so surprised. I, I just don't think that's going to happen here. And uh, I don't know. I'm just, I, I, like you, I want them to just reveal it already so we can figure out the game plan going into the last couple episodes. All right. So this week's Arrow, we left off 
with uh, Adrian Chase being discovered publicly as Prometheus. So now there's a manhunt to track him down. Right. Um, they uh, they actually. I don't think Prometheus even showed up in this episode, did he? No. 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 I think about it. No. Uh, yeah, they dealt with the sort of the fallout of um, everybody knowing now, and uh, all the trouble that the mayor's office is now in. Um, Oliver having to ward off the reporters who were like, how didn't you know that he was Prometheus? He was right under your nose the whole time. He's working very closely with you. Yeah. Side by side. He's like, well, I didn't know, but he had us, he had us <laughs> up over the table. Well, I can't say that, <laughs> but he's like, are you going to offer us anything that isn't platitudes, uh, the reporters? And then and Oliver's like, well, what do you want me to tell you? Like, you clearly know as much as we do. We don't know where Prometheus is. We don't want you to panic, but you know. Watch out. We don't know where Prometheus is. The reporter said that, and then Oliver just got like a look, and then the scene just cut. But I was hoping he'd just be like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just platitudes. Just platitudes. That's all I got today. I like how at the beginning they track Prometheus to uh, like an arcade, a video game arcade. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot about that. And Curtis is w- more worried about like the arcade games being damaged when there's like people's lives at risk. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I love that game. No. Yeah, watch out for that. And then he's, like, modded some of the arcade games, like, to use real guns to, like, fire uh, yeah. fire at everybody. And but, then, then they, like, break into the next room and... He's pro- reprogrammed yeah. a game so that it has his face <laughs> so that he can taunt Oliver with it. Like, how much time does that take to go in and... Because those arcade games aren't, like, well, soft was, code. You have to, like, go into yeah. the motherboard. And, I was like, well, how many other talents does Prometheus have? Because, like, at some point... Yes, he's torturing Oliver, but, like, Oliver has an entire team of, like, computer professionals and hackers who are used to finding criminals, like, (laughs) very easily. Like, so he's got to have some sort of, and they do show him as having some sort of face-scrambling tech, but, like, where does he get it or know that that exists? Um, But, yeah, he's got to be one step ahead of everybody. Court Industries. Which means he's also got to be a hacker that's one step ahead of felicity uh and and curtis even like it's it's strange like how how many abilities that prometheus seems to have and they never really show him working with anyone else aside from talia so and artemis i guess but like he takes time to reprogram that game just to taunt them (laughs) yeah it doesn't even do anything i like thematically i did enjoy it like oh you know (laughs) the little with the 8-bit music yeah he made a little game to taunt oliver with but like logically i'm like wait how did he do that (laughs) he's the da who's also like a computer programmer that's better than felicity so the majority of this episode is about the the tables of turn usually it's oliver making the questionable decisions to get the job done but now and and felicity tells like cheers him on tries to be his moral support but now felicity is making the tough decisions and they're trying to stop her right so um felicity is still working with um helix the the hacker group hacktivist group uh, and she's uh, trying she to... She still knows nothing about. Right. She she doesn't know their motivations. Dove way down in, and then she's done some questionable things for them for, like, very little intel in return. And it's just yeah. weird for her to be, like, so gung-ho, uh, to me anyway, um, it's so gung-ho for trying to find Prometheus. And she, she does use Oliver as an excuse that we need to stop him. And I, I know, granted, they're probably using the death of her boyfriend there, um, Officer Malone, to, like, fuel her sort of revenge. We need to find Prometheus. But um, I, I didn't really get why she would go to any lengths. And the way that Oliver and Dig uh, and everybody were just saying, like, 
don't lose yourself in this. Like, don't sell your soul. Yes, Oliver has done it, but he's learned the lesson that it's not always necessary or the right thing to do. And they always wrote those episodes, like, when Oliver had to do that stuff. Like, they left him no other option. Right. Like, there was nothing he could do but make the sacrifice. And this one, she's just like, no, you got to make big sacrifices, so now I get to make foolish sacrifices. I mean, I get it, because Oliver does make these kind of decisions, and it's sort of hypocritical for him to... um to call out Felicity for doing the same thing, but you're right. Like it's, this wasn't like the last ditch option. She just wanted it to happen now. Um, so she goes along with it. I did. I did note that, uh, yeah, Felicity gives Helix access to Argus security without even thinking about it for one second. Yeah. And she knows what like sort of important role that Argus does. Yeah. She just hacks right in for them and gives them all access to everything. Yeah. Um, without even considering what they might do with it i just love that the hacktivist group is too like oh we haven't been able to break into argus's computers and felicity's like beep boop 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 up oh, you're in right now like it's three, <laughs> it's three seconds of a hack so why i might be like forgetting something but why why doesn't oliver think he can be green arrow right now why is he in that he said he's, he's not ready like uh i did i forgot about it honestly i was like oh why isn't he uh why isn't he arrow and he was wearing the black mask and, and using a gun um, he did say, I, I remember last episode, he said, I'm not ready to, to really take on that mantle yet. Cause he, uh, Prometheus had turned, um, star city against the green arrow and made Oliver publicly announce as mayor that the uh, green arrow is a fugitive. Oh yeah. Does he still think like the, poli- the, um, the anti-crime unit is after green arrow? I mean, that's probably one of the reasons why he's not wearing it. Um, but yeah, I, he's convinced the whole city that green arrow is, uh, is, public enemy number two probably right after prometheus and he i guess he thinks that persona is a monster now yeah so he's just not there mentally i'm sure they'll get him back into costume before the end of the season um or maybe they won't i don't know so to get this tracker that tracks uh adrian chase (laughs) so i thought it was really weird the tracker is biometric it like can track people down by their heartbeats and at first i was like that sounds so far-fetched and i looked it up like they do make sort of trackers that do that but it's like you wear a wrist watch that tracks your heartbeat it's not like satellites from orbit can can you can identify individual people from yeah basically orbit by just by their heartbeat apparently that's what you know the episode was saying and um, people's heartbeats that different uh, apparently they are um there as i read a little bit more about it like you can use uh, everyone's ekg is is different like a fingerprint Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, it was sort of a weird technology, but so to whatever. get that technology to track Adrian Chase, uh, Felicity has to help Helix release this guy named Caden James, who is a super hacker. So in a group of super hackers, he is the ultra super hacker. Um, I thought it was funny um, this episode. They clearly wanted to. They gave out his name, but they I don't know if they didn't cast a guy or what. But they clearly are saving him for later um i didn't i didn't note that i'm like well they don't even take his blindfold off they just like carry him out they don't take his blindfold off they just carry him out and even later on in the episode when um you know they thank felicity like you don't see him anywhere like it's just the 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 helix girl is just talking to her i forget her name do you remember it um elena elena that's it um yeah i I just quickly googled caden james and it's it didn't come up as any comic character so i don't know who exactly he is um I mean, part of this episode, too, um, was it, they had some rumblings of the Elicity stuff. Um, so when Oliver, before the whole uh, showdown goes down, um, 
Oliver goes to back to Thea's apartment. Uh, I just want to have that on record again. That it's Thea's, <laughs> that it's still Thea's apartment. Thea's apartment that Felicity is squatting in. Um, he, he goes over and knocks on the door instead of letting himself in to the apartment that his family owns uh, <laughs> <laughs> to convince Felicity that uh, you know that that she's doing the wrong thing here and um, to benefit a little bit from his experience and. Uh, they did sort of touched on why they loved each other or fell in love with each other. And Felicity mentions that one of the things that she really, that made her fall in love with Oliver is um, his commitment to do, always doing the right thing at any cost. Um, and that's what she's doing here. Uh, and she even lays down a threat by the end of it that if you don't want her to do this, he's going to have to stop her. And um, she's also helping them release this Caden James character without knowing who he is, like what his crimes are. She doesn't know anything about him or what his motivations no, are. And she didn't even bother to research it. She's just like, so uh, tunnel visions onto finding Prometheus to getting this technology and assuming that Helix is just going to help her out. Uh, the second that they get, um, Caden James, all we know about him is what Lila says. And that's the other conflict. Like they're holding this Caden James with no due process, no trial or I thought this charges. Was, uh, so I'm glad you brought this up because I thought this was so bizarre because Dig is very upset that Lila is holding a, a person prisoner with like no due process. And I'm like, Dig. and all she says, it's like, that's like, he's so dangerous that we have to do that. Yeah. Like, and that's and all we know. <laughs> Dig has done this countless amount of times. Like Oliver and, and, dig have a secret prison <laughs> on Lian Yu where they're Guantanamoing like Slade Wilson and Captain Boomerang and even well, they know he killed people and even last season um Andy his brother they just kept him in the bunker yeah. for like seven months Black like, Siren too they held yeah. her there like I it would seem so odd for him to be so upset that she had a, a, like a, a illegal black site where she's keeping a guy uh, when he, that's how Team Arrow operates. That's how Team Flash operates. They just keep metahumans in their pipeline. Like yeah. they don't, they, they don't, don't get, get a trial. A, exactly. <laughs> they don't go to prison. They're sitting in the pipeline with like, and they don't even get like um, time to like go out and walk around. Yeah, I mean, I get that the 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 conflict of the episode for Dig is that he doesn't want his wife turning into Amanda Waller and making all these morally gray decisions. He wants her to. Um, see the world as he does where there's you know a right and a wrong but it's it's weird for him to choose that as a sticking point when they <laughs> have so many sites of their own where they're doing the exact same thing that he's like considering divorce over it yeah it did seem like they were leading it that way like well i know they they got divorced once before yeah he said that they uh it worked out their marriage worked out well when they were in the uh the army together but um the second they got home they didn't really know how to be together but it seemed like they had figured it out because they've been married now for like three years, haven't they? Yeah. Yeah. With the kid who was a daughter and now a son. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's, I don't know. I felt that was weird for him to be upset that she's, she has a black set. Yes. I'm sure she probably makes a lot of other morally questionable decisions. And she even says that, um, well, things look a lot different from this side of the desk. Um, like Amanda Waller was probably justified in making a lot of these decisions, even though she might've railed like, um, uh, Lila might have railed against it. Yeah. Um, but she's starting to see like there's a reason why Amanda Waller was Amanda Waller. But it like even that, like clearly Amanda Waller enjoyed being a heartless bitch. Like Yeah. Like, Lila, I, Lila actually has a conscience. Yeah, so it does hurt her. It's just like she knows like it's the wrong like thing to do morally, but the right thing to do um 
I don't know, like ethically. <laughs> like she's like, I can't let this guy out because he's going to destroy the world. But uh, you know, he can't also be in prison. Like he, we need to keep him in a separate prison. He can't have due process. Um, so then, as soon as, but as soon as uh, Felicity helps them do that, they just they're gone. Like Fel- they yeah. abandon Felicity. It turns out that <laughs> you guys are too much of a liability, you and your team. So screw you, Felicity. Like Helix is out. <laughs> but they do give her the heart tracker. You know, I thought it was funny, too, when they go to rec- rescue um, Caden James, um, and he is uh, off-site somewhere. And, uh, in, He's just sitting in, like, a, a shipping, shipping container. Yeah. yeah, like, in the darkness with a hood over his head, like, which seems overkill. With no, no guards around. <laughs> with it's no just guards auto- around. Automated turrets. So I thought this was funny. So, like, they're keeping a computer hacker um, at a different location that they, uh, so, but, like, are feeding Helix that he's at, um, you know, the Argus home base. Um, all of this information is on a computer. Then they protect the computer hacker with computerized turrets. <laughs> <laughs> so not only did they move him to a location that is stored on their computer, they protect him with no guards and only computerized turrets. And so the second that Helix gets there, sure enough, they're hacking the computerized turrets to like not fire at them. Uh, and they're, So there are no guards, and they can just walk in and take Caden James. And the two keys that they need to open the shipping container, like it's not just any two keys. Well, actually it is just any two, two keys, keys from yeah. any Argus like it's not like two specific keys you just take a key off any two agents <laughs> like what a great security system um so yeah they they basically waltz out of there uh Oliver and Timero show up to um uh to stop them just in the nick of time but um Elena reprograms the computerized turrets to shoot at them <laughs> and then Felicity uh throws up some sort of laser force field so that uh, Oliver can't follow her. Um, but like you said, it worked out in the end for her. She gets the heart tracking software. and uh, Which they activate. They activate. And surprise, surprise. It explodes on them. No, it's a, Chase is in the, he's in the arrow bunker. So I, I didn't know he's, if he was actually there. or So they didn't really show Chase. They just say like, oh, uh, the technology says he's here in the bunker. So in my, uh, I was thinking like when I saw this, like, is it just um, uh, Helix cleaning up their mess and getting rid of Felicity, or um, is it was it really Prometheus? And that that was sort of the cliffhanger of the episode. Like they just there's an explosion after they say, "Oh, Prometheus <laughs> is in the bunker." Yeah. But yeah, like surprise, surprise. Like, of course, this is where he's at. I, I was thinking, I was like, "What if he he's just like under the desk where they're sitting? He just comes, out, he's like, hey guys, I'm surprised <laughs> he didn't see me down here. Yeah, <laughs> he went through all that to get that art tracker." <laughs> But I guess in the preview for next week, they're like, that explosion was an EMP, so it shuts down all the electronics in the bunker. Of course it is. And it's just Oliver and Felicity in there. And they can't get out, I'm assuming. Yeah. So they must... Fel- Felicity can't walk because it shorts out her, her back chip. Oh, of course. So uh, is this uh, like a, a way for them to like reconnect as lovers? It could be. It could be the rekindling of Felicity. Yeah. How are you feeling about that? Do you do you carry the way? I don't want to see it. Like I honestly, I thought uh, when they broke up the marriage, I thought Felicity was going to leave and Curtis would take over as the uh, computer guy. Yeah, but uh, which I would have liked. I mean, maybe she'd show up from time to time, but I don't know. I really don't want him to get back together. I don't either. And it's not that I'm so much a, a Laurel guy. Like I didn't see him as you know being with Laurel um you know over felicity or anything i just felt like thematically it made more sense that he'd end up with laurel and maybe just like she like katie cassidy and, and Stephen amell might not have as much chemistry as um emily bett records and, and Stephen amell but 
uh, I just felt like he, he spends a large part of the first season and even those first season flashbacks pining after Laurel, and they mm-hmm. do sort of you know weave in and out of each other before they kill him or kill her off. Um, so I always felt like maybe they thematically end up together at this point where it's five years later and they're wrapping up the flashbacks and they're wrapping up, uh, you know, that storyline, but they killed her off whatever for a reason last season. So I, like you, I, I don't care about <laughs> Elicity. I would prefer that they just stay away from each other. I feel like that's the worst part of season four was all of their relationship drama. Maybe next season he can hit it with the uh, Dinah. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't know. He just, uh, <laughs> her, her character is like, um, she's done nothing. She's done nothing for a while, and she's—they uh, didn't really do much with her when they got her. Like you got a little bit of her background info, like that she was a cop. I almost like wish they hadn't brought her in yet because she's yeah. not doing anything. Like she just shows up to kick butt. I felt like it was too early. Like you're right. Like I feel like she—she—it's not time for her yet. Like they—they they didn't have time to spend on her. So now she's just sort of an extra character that sort of flutters in the background. And it would have been better if they had—I don't know—waited until next season or something to uh, figure out what they wanted to do with her. So I'm definitely thinking season six, the Helix will come back and be some kind of big bad, whoever this Caden James guy is. That and working with Vigilante. Maybe Caden James is Vigilante. And he was, he's been captured. (laughs) I I mean, I don't know. Um, They didn't really say, like, we're not going to find out who Vigilante is this season. So, so what did you think of the, the B story of wild dog and Quentin Lance reuniting with a wild dog reuniting with his daughter i get what quentin was trying to do um in reuniting uh uh, wild dog with his daughter renee with his daughter but i thought it was weird the way he forced it on him um the way he just sort of like brought his daughter in even after a wild dog refused to see her um and then forced a confrontation between wild dog and his daughter i I don't mind that as much because it it was clear that he did want to see her he was just he just had hang-ups yeah I don't know. It just it was weird for him to insert himself into into Renee's life like that. The, hang, uh, the hang up was so stupid though. It's yeah, like, I passed out drunk, and when I was passed out drunk, you spilled hot soup on yourself. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, like he's like he's like I heard her. I thought he was gonna say like he like he got drunk and like punched her or something. I just yeah, I thought it was weird because like she seems like she's old enough to understand how hot soup works <laughs> like, to not spill it on herself, and I was like. When I was a kid, one time I spilled hot soup on my leg and it hurt a lot, but my my dad didn't abandon me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I don't yeah, like you said the whole thing was weird. Um it was it was sort of nice I guess that they they're off doing their own thing. Like one I mean, of the they, thing- they could have just used that he was like, "Oh, I like to skulk out at night and shoot shoot people," but <laughs> I know they're they're sort of hurting for stuff to give like Quentin and one of the things I really just dislike about this season in general is the way they've shoved Thea and and Quentin Lance off to the side and put them in these sort of contrived situations because they don't have a lot of episodes with them for whatever reason they I guess they had shorter contracts Um, but it's just it's weird uh, having like Quentin not be part of the action but sort of part of the action like he's in the mayor's office but he's not really contributing towards the the crime fighting and the and the life-saving he's just sort of being a counselor to somebody who also lost his daughter and he was like a red herring at the beginning of the season where we we were supposed to think he might be prometheus for like half an episode he was the red herring except then he told thea immediately and then thea went to oliver (laughs) (laughs) he went to rehab yeah i mean that's i would say was one of my biggest complaints is um just getting rid of thea and quentin in, in season five 
Um, you know, they're always saying it's about his legacy, but like they're just as much a part of it than any of these newer characters they've been focusing on uh, for the majority of the season. Any uh, last thoughts for this week? You've been watching any other shows you might want to talk uh, about? I did fully rewatch Jessica Jones the past uh, week or two. Um, just because I'm trying to, to refresh myself for uh, The Defenders, which comes out in August. Uh, I watched the first two seasons of Daredevil uh, around Easter, and now I just finished uh, Jessica Jones, and I forgot how, how good Jessica Jones was. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Even I knew nothing about the character but going in. Yeah, me too. I knew nothing. Um, and it's weird now that, now that I've seen the Luke Cage um, series how um, the stuff that he did on Jessica Jones fits in and how they sort of weaved in a little bit of his origin story with Reva and the way that Jessica um, ends up killing her. But yeah, uh, David Tennant was so good in it, and uh, and um, I didn't I didn't realize till like when I was almost done that he was the Purple Man because they oh, really? never refer to him as the Purple Man. Yeah, they well they mentioned a couple times that he likes wearing purple suits, but in the last episode when he goes to like supercharge himself with the remainder of the uh, serum, um, his like skin turns purple for a second. Yeah, and uh, but yeah, I, I just love the uh, the series itself. Like it's it's just a weird like oh it was good. It was like a, an allegory for being raped like the entire it, it, she's like a rape survivor um jessica jones and and the way that uh she handles herself the like the, the complete way the difference she is before and they've shown her a couple times the difference she is before she meets kilgrave and after she meets kilgrave and yeah i think it's funny too how they uh they call out what a dumb name kilgrave is <laughs> <laughs> because they find out his real name and they're like so you just gave yourself the name kilgrave <laughs> I've been watching uh, Agents of Shield. They they came back from hiatus and they're four episodes back, and um, they're they're doing this storyline where um, they're like they've been programmed into like a Matrix thing, but they're in like a a virtual real- reality where Hydra has won and Hydra controls the world, but only two of them actually know they're in it. So Sky and uh, Gemma Simmons are the only one who who know that they're in the virtual reality. And they're trying to gather up the rest of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., get them to remember their old life. And uh, most of them do, but it takes a while to get them there. Like, um, Mac betrays them to Hydra, and they can't convince uh, Fitz. Like, he doesn't believe them, no matter what they do. And it's a really cool storyline. Like, I like what they're doing, except it almost makes me shut it off when they just, like shoehorn in lines to current political events and it just <laughs> well that's that's how you know it's still relevant to like what's actually happening and Did they ever it, mention... it almost made me want to shut it off but if i won't shut off supergirl then i'm not gonna <laughs> shut off this so they're, they're like um like daisy is trying to convince fitz that he has this life that and all this is fake and he's like torturing her because he's part of hydra and doesn't believe her and he's just like, nevertheless, she persisted. And it's just like, oh, my God. <laughs> and he's like, make Hydra great again. Oh, really? <laughs> and I'm, <laughs> It's just, it's like, I like the writing, but some writer just had to stick that in there. I do. Uh, I haven't watched that series. Uh, I, I still can't make it past the first couple. I always try to restart it every so often and make it through the first couple episodes. Maybe I should just start on like season two or something, but. Yeah, I have no idea who most of those characters are that you mentioned. Uh, Sky, I sort of remember, and I thought Fitzsimmons was one person. <laughs> <laughs> the Le- they... Leopold Fitz and Gemma Simmons. Yeah, I and thought that honestly in the first couple Sky episodes. Sky goes by Daisy Johnson yeah. now. Uh, it's 
their real name they found out. Uh, Gotham came back from hiatus this week, too. I haven't watched it yet, but uh, it's, I guess the next round of episodes are all about the Riddler, which he's a, he's a great actor on the show, and I really like Gotham. Uh, I think they're doing a great job. I haven't, uh, I haven't stayed up to date with Gotham. I think I, I stopped after season one. When that, I watched that live, and then I just didn't have it in me to come back for season two after that. But I heard it gets much better. Yeah, it's like the same with Agents of Sealed. Season one was pretty bad. Season one of Gotham was definitely the worst. Which is funny because um, <laughs> I feel like it's sort of reverse with the DC shows because like season one Arrow and season one Flash were were pretty amazing, and um, I I don't think I have the objectivity to rate season one versus season two of Supergirl. For me, they just sort of exist. <laughs> um, <laughs> But like season one of Legends was much worse than season two. Not to say that season two of Legends was worse uh, or bad in general, because uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, it, season one was is was not great on Legends. Yeah. All right. Any final thoughts? No. Can't wait to uh, to see where this takes us next week um, with Arrow, at least, and finally Flash. find out who Savitar is yeah. next week. Well, hopefully. I'm sure like by the end of it, they'll just be like, well, Barry doesn't know in 2024, so they could run out the rest of the season still not knowing who Sabotage yeah, is. Yeah, we never know. Yeah. All right. Uh, follow us on Twitter, at the DC Monitors, on Facebook, like us, and uh, yeah, download all our past episodes. Uh, we outline which episodes we talk about, so you can know which ones to download at thedcmonitors.wordpress.com. <laughs>